Ketavach, everybody. I'll tell you, Maisa, you know, one of the great Chesidish uh, Rebbe's was Remendel Varker. Remendel Varker. And from that tzaddik, Remendel Varker, came a number of uh, streams, Bati Medrash and Chetzeris of Tzaddikim. Probably the most famous one would be Amshinov. It comes from, uh, from the Varker. But one of the lesser-known streams of, um, of Tzaddikim that comes from that world of, of Varker and Amshinov is uh, Skerovich. Skerovich. So there's a mice that goes about Rav Davidel Skerovitcher. He's uh, from about 150 years ago or so. They were known, that tzaddik in particular, was known for his Avas Yisrael. And so the mice goes like this. Rav Davidel was sitting in his, uh, in his home one night, and there's a bang on the door. Okay, what is it? So he goes to the door, and he sees that it's uh, Ramesha, one of his chassidim. And so he says, you know, Ramesha, come in. Ramesha comes in, and Ramesha sits down, you know, across the table from, from Rav Davidel. He just begins to mamish, sob, and cry like a baby. And so Rav says, so what, what's, what's wrong? So he says, it's my daughter. He says, it's my daughter. One thing led to another. She fell into, uh, you know, a negative crowd, and uh, she fell for this guy. She fell for this guy. She fell in love with him, she claims, and, and they're running off together. They're running off together. So Rav Dovidel says, okay, that's not, uh, that's not so good. Ramesh says, but that's not the worst of it. He's, he's not Jewish. He's a guy. He's a guy. And not just he's a guy, he's extremely, uh, an extremely devout Christian. And my daughter ran away with him, and they ran to a convent or something, and she's in the process of converting. She's lolenu, she's going to convert to Christianity. And that's the end of her. What am I, I going to do? Rabbi, I need help. So Rabbi Davidol begins to ask questions and to try to find out exactly what happened and where she is and so on and so forth. And after investigating and getting enough information uh, to clarify the situation as much as possible, Sir so Rav says to his chassid, Ramesh, he says, listen, Ramesh, I'm going to do the best I can. Do the best I can. And uh, with God's help, we should be matzliach. So that night, that night, without wasting any time, Rav Davidol takes his gabai, and then he says with his gabai, we're going to go to the monastery, the convent, that this, that this uh, nebuch, this girl, Rivkala, let's call her, She's uh, held up in this convent, and she's going through uh, the process of conversion. I guess there's a few classes that uh, I guess they have to go through in order to learn enough about uh, that of Zara to convert. And she's going through these classes in this monastery, in this convent. And so he says to his Gabi, we're going to go, we're going to try to rescue the girl. Okay? The Gabi doesn't know exactly what the Rebbe has in mind, but they go. And so the Rebbe says to the Gabi, as we get into the wagon, bring two chairs. Okay, fine. So as the Gabi does, he takes two chairs from the dining room, whatever it is, he loads it on the wagon, and they travel to this monastery. <clears throat> so they get to the monastery, it's the middle of the night, and uh, the Rebbe says to the Gabi, okay, let's go, bring the two chairs with you. Okay, fine. So he takes the two, two chairs, and the Rebdavidal sets up the two chairs, just in the middle, not in the convent itself, but in the middle of the courtyard of the convent, just setting that up. And the Rebbe sits down, and he says, okay, shine. He takes out a safer. He just, he's learning. So the Gabi says, okay, fine. I guess the other chair is for the Gabi. So the Gabi sits down too. And they're sitting like this for a long time. Again, it's the middle of the night, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. Eventually the morning comes, sunrise comes, and uh, the Rebbe took his talus and tefillin. And so he begins to daven. And the Gabi's not sure what's going on over here. They're just sitting in the courtyard of the, of the monastery. And slowly but surely, people start coming, priests, nuns, whatever is going on over there, and they start coming to, uh, you know, for whatever they're doing during that day. And they're noticing two Jews just sitting there in the courtyard. 
And this itself was a miracle, the fact that, that no one said anything to them, especially to two Jews and one is a Rebbe that clearly looks uh, very religious and devout. This is not a safe place for a Jew to be at that time. And a Mephis takes place and no one says anything. Fine, so they're sitting there. A few hours go by and Rebbe Dovidel notices that there is a, a guy, a non-Jewish person that's working like a gardener or something that's tending to the courtyard. And so Rebbe Dovidel turns to, to this guy and he says, you know, excuse me, sir, do you happen to know about a Jewish girl that's, that's staying in this place? And so the gardener says, it happens to be, I, I do know, that's, it's, the talk, it's the talk of the monastery. Everyone's talking about this catch that they have, which is the Metziah, Nabuch, of a, a Jewish girl that's decided to convert. And so Rodolfo says, okay, fine, so maybe you could do me a favor. I, I'm, I'm going to write down on a piece of paper a, a note, if you can pass it to the girl. And, you know, in the paper, he puts a few dollars, you know, to give to the guy. And the guy sees the money, says, 100% rabbi, I'll do whatever you want. So, Reb Davidel writes, takes a piece of paper and writes down the following message. This is Reb Davidel. This is, uh, you know, your, your, she knew who Reb Davidel was, you know, the Rebbe of her father. And I'm waiting outside for you. That's all. That's what the note says. He writes that down, folds a piece of paper with some money, gives it to the gardener. The gardener finds his way inside. Fine, hopefully, assuming delivers the note. Fine, the Rebbe sits back down. <clears throat> One day goes, two days go, three days, three days and three nights, no message back from the girl, and Rebbe is not moving from his space. Meanwhile, back and forth, Agaba is traveling back and forth to bring some food and water and so on from a kosher source, but the Rebbe is not moving. And after one day, two days, Agaba is saying, Rebbe, She's not coming out. She's not coming out. The Rebbe just ignores it. After three days and three nights, like two, three o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden, they hear a huge noise, a huge like shattering of glass. What's going on? And they look up and they see, and from one of the windows of the convent, the glass shatters. Someone broke the window, and like uh, this rope descends down. And this it's Rivka. It's Rivka. She's climbing out of the convent, and she runs to the Rebbe. He says. She says, Rebbe, I'm here, let's go. <laughs> okay? So they start running. This is not a simple thing just to uh, escape from a convent in those days. So it just, maybe it's true now, I have no idea. But uh, they're running out, and uh, they're just running, running, running as far as they possibly can. Eventually, eventually they get to a certain part, uh, location in the woods where they can sort of catch their breaths. And they sit down, they're catching their breaths. And so the Rebbe is just happy to see Rivka. The Gabi's there too. And the Gabi turns to the girl and he says like this, Rivkala, you were in there for three days. What made you change your mind? What made you change your mind? And so Rivkala said, she turned to the Gabi and she said, I'll tell you the truth, what made me change my mind. The issues that I have with my family and Yiddishkeit, that wasn't changed. Nothing changed. But what changes is the following thing. I knew, once I got that letter, I knew that the Rev is not leaving until I come. And the Rebbe would stay in the courtyard for years, if it takes. He's not leaving until I come. And so after three days, I thought to myself, it's not, but it's Rachmanis on the Rebbe. I can't have him sit like this anymore. I have no choice but to leave. That's the Maisa. No. Such a thing like that. Every single one of us, you know, listen, Baruch Hashem, we shouldn't be stuck in convents like this. But everyone, everyone has their gullus. Everyone has their place that they're stuck in, you know? Aye, but to have tzaddikim and tzedkanias, to have a rebbe or, or, or a rebbetzin or a myra, someone that, that you look up to, that you know in your heart of hearts that that person's not leaving the courtyard unless, until you escape, 
that, that itself saves a person's life. That itself saves a person's life. And that's what a tzaddik is. A tzaddik is someone that, that you know they're not leaving until you leave. They're not leaving unless you're free. That's what a tzaddik is. Hashem should bless us to be zaycha, to have tzaddikim like that, to have people that, in our lives that we can trust that no matter what we're going through, they're dedicated to us and they're not leaving until we're helped. And that's how the Rabbanu wants his tzaddikim to live and that's the Rabbanu Shalom is for us also. The Rabbanu Shalom is also, he's, he's he, you know, the Rabbanu Shalom Kaviyochel, Kaviyochel is sitting on a chair in the courtyard of, our, of the convents that we're stuck in and we should also believe the Rabbanu Shalom is not leaving until we leave and that itself should give us the inspiration and the strength to break through the window and to escape with the Rabbanu Shalom. Like the Pasuk says in Parshas Vayichi, uh, at the end of Parshas Vayigash already, that the Rabbanu Shalom says to Yaakov Avinu, you're going to Mitzrayim, I'm going with you. And I'm only leaving when you come with me as well. And that's the Rabbanu Shalom. That's what a tzaddik is. Hashem should bless us. And we should be zaycha to have tzaddikim like that. To have chaskas that comes from that belief that the Rabbanu Shalom is with us. And he's not leaving until we come out of Gauls with him. We should be zaycha to experience a licht a mazl a simcha a tzaddik. Amen.